So I thought we'll do today, since it is Hanukkah time, maybe we'll do a piece on Hanukkah. Um, I hate to say it, that we're at night too, and Hanukkah is such a, a deep Yom Tif, and it's possible to go through the whole Hanukkah, gain about three to four pounds because of jelly donuts and latkes, and get nothing out of it besides five minutes of uh, lighting the candles. Now, in my case, I have no choice. My kids demand dreidel every single night <laughs> with the cash prize <laughs> for the winner. Um, so, but, but, you know, paying dreidel with the cash prize, it's fun. It's good family time. That's important. But having said, having said that... Um, uh, it, 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 you, could, you could still miss a lot of the, the depth of the umtif itself. So it's, it's important, therefore, to maybe delve into a little bit of some ideas. So I figured I would do a piece from Rem Dessler to talk about at least one angle, one piece of Hanukkah. And the more we know about Hanukkah, the more we can... We, we can uh, gain and glean and go forward and, and appreciate it. So, as follows. So, HaChashmanayim, now, the truth is, if, when you learn Jewish history, and if you learn the period of Hanukkah, I mean, you can't, we can't imagine what that must have been like. Actually, you could probably imagine, Mrs. Sidrowski, because you were under the communists, right? And could you have, in 1970, would you have lit a menorah by your window? If you knew what it was, would you light a menorah by your window? I don't think so. You don't think so. Why not? Why to put myself in danger? But exactly. Why would you put yourself in? Why would you, why, why put yourself in danger? So the Chashmonaim were at a, at a period of time where literally uh, things were going totally against them, and there was zachul agalosh nekudus or atura penimis that to know even in the worst times, even in the most difficult and challenging times. For a nation or for an individual, which we'll see, aim a bit to in a person's life, in the life of the nation, there's always an akuda, there's always an aspect of the or hatayra, which is forever va'asida lama b'fnei chashechas lel has to be called over there. And in all times and in all places, that spark, that nukuda of Torah, is here for all generations. And this really is one of the main lessons of the, the miracle oil. That was Nikba Zichla Doris. Ein Anun, as a general rule, as we all know, we don't find in the Torah, not in the words of our sages, purely history lessons. Right? There's no, when, we're, when we're celebrating Hanukkah, like my kids come and they tell a story. And for them, at a, at a young age, okay, that's Hanukkah. But we're not here to tell a story of Hanukkah. I, don't, I, I had a curiosity. Let's see, let's see your history about Hanukkah. Uh, anyone who Menelaus is? Jason? You ever hear these names? Menelaus? Jason? No. no. Right? So you don't even know the history of Hanukkah. <laughs> Everyone knows you're the back of me. Right? Menelaus? What? Is it Matisiahu? Matisiahu and Modi'in. Menelaus was uh, actually the high priest who was a Hellenist who was one of the biggest causes of the rebellion uh, at the time of the Greeks. And the truth is, if you don't know who Menelaus is, or you don't know who Jason is, okay, you should know who these people are, but you can still celebrate Hanukkah. 
uh, because at the end of the day, the, the message of Hanukkah is not Menelaus, not Jason. Who, who, which Antiochus was the one who caused the war against us? There are lots of Antiochuses. Anyone know? I didn't know there was more than one. There's more than one, right? Is Antiochus the fourth Epiphanes? So if you didn't know, told today Antiochus the fourth Epiphanes, you should have known that. But, <laughs> but having said that, having having said that, you won't miss out on Hanukkah the depth because the truth is the the, the, the important parts of, of Hanukkah is not the history of it. Elakol in Yanam Limudim Ikarim is how Hanukkah is. Supposed to impact our service of Hashem. And therefore, the main thing of Hanukkah is to remember the, the miracle. And as you mentioned, that the most important thing of the miracle is that Torah is forever. And we'll get to that uh, uh, soon, shortly. And to, be, and to think about that on Hanukkah. And to remember that on Hanukkah. And to remember that when you see uh, the menorah. The truth is a person contemplates and thinks about not and that's the following thing. Whenever something happens of Hester Panim, the reasons are that there's the nation was lacking something spiritual. Which means if something happens, this by the way applies to our lives as individuals. But for the Jewish people, if something is going amiss, now I mentioned the communists. I'm actually, I'm actually happens to be the twelfth grade in Meira right now is learning uh, late nineteenth century uh, Russian history and what the Tsars did and what and how that started the immigration in eighteen eighty one to America of two point five Russian million Russian Jews over, over thirty years. How it started the, the Bilu movement. And how it started communism, really. Now, when you learn history, or you're learning it, or you live communist, I'm very, it's funny, I almost never hear Russians talk why communism happened on a Ruchnis level, or any American, Americans also. No one's saying, why did Hashem make communism in Russia? It's always what communism did to Russian Jews, right? On a physical level, or even it ripped their spirituality. But what Vdasa is saying now is that no, that there's some kind of shmad. There's some kind of negative attack, right? It's because there's a ruchniyastika lack. Kamo shenishne benach. You see this always in Navi. It says the following thing. This is a common refrain. Viyasu ahara be'eni Hashem. They did bad. The Jewish people failed in their service of Hashem. V'yimsrem b'yad plishtim. And God then gave him over to, to the Philistines, to the plishtim. Then they came back to Hashem, and they were saved. You see, it's a common story, and I'm sure you all learned. I hope you all learned Shoftim, Shmuel Aleph, Shmuel Beis. Right? These are all. This is a common refrain. There, right? There's a, the Jewish people are not serving God. There is an attack. It's supposed to wake us up, and we come back to Hashem. So, to Hanukkah, if there's a Shmad, if all of a sudden, you know, we get shocked. We get sh- shaked up, right? It's because, right? If there's a shmad, it's because uh, that we. What happened is we assimilated to the Greeks. The harbor mason is yavno, as we know, many of the Jewish people, many of the yidden became totally Greek. 
their names changed. In fact, there are even sages in Milo and Pekavos had Greek names. Their houses look different. Their phones look different. Uh, their lifestyle look different. Uh, and their and their and their what they what their priorities changed, right? Their their priorities in life changed. Like their focus on how they raise their children changed when they're raising children. What what they were thinking about changed completely. I mean, you don't have to even go that too long ago from the Jewish world. In certain places, the greatest dream of the simple Jew. Looking at just today in America, even Orthodoxy, if you would have been in Vilna in, 16, in 1680, any Jewish parent, their greatest vision for their kid was to be the, the next great sage of the world. That doesn't mean every, that didn't happen for 9%. But that was like the dream. And today, you know, we're happy to happy kid Shabbos and kosher, right? But they're not, it's a different world, right? So we're living in a different world. We're not talking about it today. But the time of the Greeks, even if you were religious, there are many people... It's not just that the Greeks, they, they, they lost their priority system. And therefore Hashem made life difficult for them. They were on cruise control, and their cruise control was actually going in the way of Athens and Sparta, not in the way of Jerusalem and Hebron. And Hebron. And when um, they 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 were moister nefesh, and they and they took off all of the, the the those who are in the leadership positions, who are poishim, who are taking the Jewish people away from Torah. Uh, um, they were they had tremendous miracles. And now it's going to go more in depth into that. Harba, so the harba on the tshuva Okay, there are many levels when a person. Lost focus, lost who they were, got meandered in life, and they, they come back at some level. Okay, um, and and as a nation, how it goes. Yeshef shar shetshuvas hador tiyeb b'madrega shetakaf es kol hador mamish v'yishpo haklal me'aprofa aprofa haklal ad shilo yef shari kol yoitzim in haklal. Right, uh, there's a certain level of tshuva. Where everyone and everything—it's so overwhelming. That's all your, your whole your whole choice. Imagine a group dynamic, right? You're in a group, and everyone in that group is motivated, right? Everyone around you. Um, so a while back, somebody asked me what I think about. Don't take a story, but somebody asked me what I become a rabbi. A certain big congregation was very left wing <laughs> in a certain city, and I said to the person, you know. I wasn't really looking, and I said to him, but I want you to understand something. If everybody in a certain synagogue, imagine everyone thinks a certain way, like everyone is a certain way, it's very hard to change. You know why? Because everyone there is doing that. You're just used to that. Like literally everyone around you, if you're in a community where everyone is doing something on a negative, it's extraordinarily hard to change. But if you're in a community where everyone around you is so excited and so is, you know, like, if everyone around you is, let's do chesed. Imagine them being, everyone is speak kindly. Everything speaks positive. So what happens is, is that you're affected by that. Or everyone around you says, what does Hashem want from me? Right? Or let's use our time correctly. Even if you're not on a high level, you're pulled by the crowd. 
Right? There's a tremendous group dynamic always in life. The Rambam talks about this in depth, that we're very often pulled after group dynamics. I know a young lady who grew up with me in Miami Beach, Florida. She covered her hair. She moved to a community. Nobody covered her hair. And one day, she uncovered her, she hair. Uncovered her hair. Actually, on the opposite side, when Rev Hirsch came to Germany, in, to Frankfurt, and anyone who knows it, when Rev Hirsch came to Frankfurt, the Orthodox community in 1849 was damaged. The reform had cemented in the mikvah. <laughs> That's how bad they had fought. They cemented in the mikvah. So nobody, people don't understand what it was then. It was literally a war against Torah. They, and they controlled the rabbinate, the reform. They were so anti in those days. It's not like today, like live and let live. It was a fight against Torah. So if Hirsch came, it was, it was mostly elderly Jews who were Shomer Shabbos. The ones that were there was a small community in Frankfurt, the main. Uh, he left being a row of 50,000 people, take a small shulk, and he was a big visionary at first. There was not one young lady who covered her hair. Now imagine your community with dozens, hundreds of young ladies, not one lady is covering her hair. So how do you change that dynamic? Sir Hirsch said, he promised that if any lady would cover her hair, her son would be called Rabbi Shah Yisrael. The first lady, the, the teacher of Israel. Rabban Shal Yisrael. Hey, this is 1849 in Germany. He says, if one lady will do this, her son will be called Rabban Shal Yisrael. No one will do it. Finally, one lady said she'll do it. She covered her hair. She was the first one to do it. And eventually, many other ladies did. Her happens to be her son. His name was Yaakov Rosenheim. And he was the first head of a good Yisrael. And in 19, and in 19, uh, I think it was... 12, uh, 1920, whatever it was, uh, at, at a conference in Vienna, 23 actually, I think it was Rav Chavetz Chaim and Rav Chaim Oizer appointed Rav Yaakov Rosenham as the head of this organization and they called him Rabban Shal Yisrael. Mamish decades, Mamish decades after the first had promised that. Um, but the point's like this, it's very hard to change when people around you are doing something in the negative. Right? We, we're tremendously affected by group dynamic, always, uh, you know, it, even even on, on on an individual level, you have to be a very strong person. You have to be a giver, not a taker, to, to, to change that dynamic. Well, if everyone around you is seeing the lights, then it's gonna you, know, you can see the light, right? It, it, it's 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 this amazing group dynamic. I mean, it happens to be I see like your, every parent's dream is their kids are part of that dynamic. You have a bunch of friends who have that. Because it changes everything. I, have, I can tell you honestly, people come and go in life. And whenever I tell people, I said, just realize wherever you go in life, if you go to the wrong place or you're in the wrong group, you could really lose. And if you're in the right group, you could really gain. You could really steig. You could really grow. Um, so there's a certain level where every, it was an internal. It's not just that you're into internal, but people around you get it. They get, they get it. Right, they get it. You know, they that they get it. And therefore, when you're getting it, um, where everyone around you is is affected by that that spiritual light. It's not just a, a, a physical thing. 
Here's an important to say. When you affect somebody spiritually, the more you're there, the more you can affect people spiritually. If it's, it, you know, like if you ever watch, don't, don't, but if you ever did, <laughs> a Christian pastor, it's so stupidly superficial. It's, there's nothing there. It's, it's, it's oratory. It's hocus pocus. It's like, they I be- don't feel that way, I'm sure. I, no, I, a lot of them. It's, it's, uh, when, they, when these like promises are like, you know, if you believe and I do do this, God will, you know, like these like, I don't know, you think they're magicians? Like, you know, it's like, it's a lot, it's not, I, of course there are sincere, very religious Christians who, who, be, who, who believe in it. But, it's like a person who, has, who speaks family values but doesn't really have family values, right? Or a person who speaks about things that just are not really there. Um, you can see, to really give over, even if you see something in the, in the liberal Jewish clergy, they don't really believe in Judaism, and therefore they can't give over Judaism. Well, they believe in what they think. No, nope, no, no. They don't even really. So? No, nope, they don't even really believe in it. Some of them. I've had deep conversations with them. I'm, I'm not saying they don't believe in anything, but like when you have a conservative reformed clergy, like he believes and he doesn't believe. Like even his his own beliefs, they they're not comfortable in their own beliefs. The, the greatest teachers of Judaism are people who it's pulsating through their blood. They believe a, a thousand percent in the truth of Torah. They believe, they see Hashem. And they, it's not just, when I say see Hashem, it's, I mean to say, it's not a superficial seeing Hashem. It's really a cerebral understanding. You can give over Torah then. Right? Somebody, it's where it's pulsates. So the, and therefore, when people around you have that, it's not just Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. It's like a real connection to Hashem. It's a Hebrew Ruchani. There's a connection on spirituality where people could 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 connect. Um, right? Sometimes you, there's, a, there's, a, there's a soul connection between two people. It's not a, a, a material connection. It's, it's a deep connection, right? There's a you can you can deeply connect to someone who could shall, have a shell. But also, in that aspect, that a spiritual connection or a spiritual uh, influence can be much, much deeper than any physical or, or reality. And if you have a generation uh, where it gets to the inside, not where it's in the external, where it's really in the internal part of a person, I, you know, sometimes you see a person become a balchuva. Uh, I'm sure we've all seen it. Uh, and it's very external. There's a belief, but it's not in their gut. It's much different to be in their, a person's gut. Right? It's very hard to take from what's here to over here. Right? Now, people come to Torah or they appreciate it. But to get to here, to get to the gut, to, to the absolute gut, that when, when, when a person's davening, they're like, whoa, or their Shabbos is like, whoa, not because it's new, <laughs> because it's in the gut, not because it's fresh, but it's in the gut, like the Chavetz Chaim, it was in the gut, and that's why 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, 70 years, it was always, it was always that kind of influence is a much deeper, it's, it's a much deeper uh, tshuva. Um, 
Where did the Chavetz Chaim live? In in Poland. Poland? Yeah, he died in 1933. Um, he was born, he lived in Vilna, and then he eventually had a little town in, in Rodin. But if you read his works, and you see you know, everything, it was, did anyone ever see the video of him walking? And, and yes. You watched it, you've seen it, right? You see the man? Um, you can see him walking with God, right? So you have a person like that. What he can give off is 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 amazing. So, uh, so what do you do to get it in your gut? What do you do to get it in your guts? Well, it helps. Huh? You go to Rodin. There are people. There are people who Rodin who saw the Chavetz Chaim who didn't get in their gut. But it happens. It helps to have, to see such a person. The more a person listen, the more you, the more you, a person sees Hashem in their life, the more a person thinks about it, the more a person is around it. Right? I mean, the first thing, listen, all of, whether it's Musr or Torah or Mitzvah, the more you think about it, the more you're cognizant of and you act upon thought. You know, you, it's possible to, in life to do things without thought. Right? You can say brachas without thought. You can daven without thought. You can keep Shabbos without thought. Right? You can raise your children without thought. You can have marriage without thought. Right? But the more you think about what you're doing and put thought into it, the more will be in your gut. Right, the more you, you, you concretize that. I mean, imagine the following thing: you're, if you're any relationship, if you consciously think of giving to somebody, right, you, 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 it has a much bigger effect on it. You right? If you, if it, when I was just learning with my daughter today, Shifra, a book on Kibbutz Aviyim, which is probably way above her, <laughs> so I dumb it down as I'm going along. Uh, but but it's like I'm, I'm reading this story and I'm like, wow! It's like talking about how. A son, the efforts he made for us elderly parents, it was like amazing. I was like, it's, it's, they're telling true stories about how the care, how this child takes care of the parent. Now, you can do something for your parents and get annoyed or do it and feel compelled. But imagine every time that this middle-aged son is taking care of his elderly father, he's thinking, I owe my father so much. Keep out of the aim is such a great mitzvah. Same deed. Same act. Don't you think one's going to hit the gut more than the other? And one changes you much more than the other. One, one metamorphosizes you more than another. Imagine every time you would bench. Before you bench, say to yourself, just ate. Thank God. You know, every word is, you, you realize is, is thanking God. And every word you realize is connecting you to God. Right? That's different than benching. Like, while you're looking... First of all, I don't know how anyone benches on the phone. They're like phone shakes. I don't know. No, could, My phone doesn't shake. If you turn on the bench, it doesn't shake? No. If you get an email, it doesn't shake? Text no. doesn't shake? No, because I turn all those doesn't, sounds d- off. Doesn't show up on the, on the screen? You can turn those notifications I turn all the noises and notifications good for you. off on my phone. Oh, good for you. So when I bench, I'm benching. Good for you. So, so then I know how you do it. Uh, on my phone. Uh, yeah. I, I, I still, I still, I kiss my bench when I'm done. I wouldn't, I can't, I can't imagine kissing I a phone. I had to resist the temptation to kiss my phone. When right. I so that's like, that's another. <laughs> that's a reason not to bench with your phone. Just right there. I, I resisted uh, it though. I've learned. Uh, I don't kiss my phone. Uh, but at the beginning, I would attempt. I would. Right. Now, but on a serious note, my yeah. serious note, when you when you bench, like, or when you when you're giving to your children, you know, it, you think about things. It changes you. It's that one of the most important ways to get into your gut is to think about things you're doing. And to, you know, I, 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 anything you want to work on to make part of your gut, whatever it is, is to, when you, to learn about it, to pray for it. Everyone should be having one thing in life always when they're doing that. It should be one area 
where you do, where you're studying on your own, and you're praying every day for, and you're consciously thinking about at least one area in your Judaism where you're doing that, for sure. <laughs> that everyone should be having at least one. I typically would say one between you and your fellow person, and one between you and God. That you, when you're, like, let's say, let's pick Amuna. So every night you'll read, I don't care which Amuna book, maybe a Shears book on Amuna daily, or what's it called, Living Amuna. You know, you're lacking in faith. You're lacking, like, bitachon. You don't feel Hashem in your life. So you're going to learn that book on Amuna every night before you go to sleep for two minutes to three minutes a night. And if you have free time during the day, you're going to do something which helps your Amuna. You'll think about it. And every day you dive in twice a day, right, hopefully, you're going to pray to Hashem, please make me have Amuna. If it's, uh, you, you, you lack Simcha, so you're going to read books about Simcha before, I happen to believe before you go to sleep is the best time to read. You think about it as you go to sleep, or you have more time in the day. And every time, every Shmon Esri of your life, if you're, that you should be, whatever your focus is, you should pray to Hashem that you should help me in that area. I'm telling you, not only will you get that bracha, but it will change you in that area. Right, you should, it will change you. Whatever you want, you're gonna. F- when you, when you're sophisticated in your service to God, you we all have. Like I mentioned this week, you know, on Shabbos, there's the real greatness of a person is where when they break their midah or their stroke. Your husband told you what I said. Tell me, she tell you, right? Uh, the, when you break that, but you know how you break a midah? Do you know what Reb Sadik says? You have to pray the things that's challenging for you. With all of your heart and all of your soul. You know, we say it every day in Shema. What do we say? With all of your heart and with all of your soul. And if you want to achieve something to be in your gut, you got to pray with In the Chavetz Chaim, where did the Chavetz Chaim live, Ms. Feinberg? Um, in Poland. Where in Poland? You remember? You got Raden, Raden. You got the country. What year did he die? 33. Amazing, wow. <laughs> what, what 30, what 30? Yeah, she got it. It's, it's, all right. He didn't say when he was born. I always... it's, it's known. He said about himself that he would cry and cry for things he wanted. But Torah for him, if he didn't understand the prayer Torah, he would daven and he would cry and he would fast. You don't think that affected how he looked at Torah? How it, the only thing that made it part of his gut, right? It was a reality to him and it changed him in the, in the process. You know, was he the same guy that would like put his feet in cold water so he wouldn't fall asleep? That was the rugged trevor, who was a contemporary. He lived at the same time. So both of those people, the rugged trevor, who was the rub in Divinsk, it was the rub in Divinsk. The rugged trevor time are examples. Latvia, next right next to where the chavetz time was. Um, they, they, to them, they were constantly growing on a major scale. For us, if we took whatever media it is and we're working on something and we're praying for it, Torah will be much more of our God. If, you have, if you're not doing anything like that, even if you're trying, if you're working on Amuna or Shabbos or Kosher and it's just not connected to the prayers and you're not learning it daily, you're not really working on it. You'll improve somewhat because anything you do always makes an Im- impact. <laughs> Any, if, you, if you listen to my wife's class every Thursday night, I promise you, it will impact your Shabbos. It won't problem, I'm guarantee you because you're listening to it. It will imp- but it won't metamorphosize you. Because you'll have ideas about Shabbos. It means, you hear Thursday night, you'll hear a nice idea, and it may stimulate something. It could be maybe you'll make a slight change. But imagine you had that class every single night, 
15 minutes, as soon as 15 minutes, how long did you get for it? 15 minutes. Every single night, and maybe even every single night and morning. And every time you dive in Shimon Esrei, you would dive into Hashem. Please, Hashem, give me Shabbos. Right? And you dive in, you really, you pray. Like, you ever see a mother pray for a, a, a child or somebody with a sick parent? Uh, I'm, I've been in, in ICUs, right? right? I, was just in, <laughs> I was just in the surgery room. Actually, I was, when I was there, like, I don't know, Kaiser, it's like you see the other patients who are like real, oh my goodness, I was like, thank God. Like there's some internal bleeding, like, inter- like really terrible. When you're in there, there was like these Mexicans, they were like, they were bawling their heads off, you know. I mean, you, you pray. Like imagine you pray like that at a smaller level, at any level spiritually. And you, you're listening to every, that's, that is how we make something in your gut. You understand the difference? That's, that's your living Judaism. You're, you're, you are living it. It's part of you and who you are, and it, it transforms you. So, and the more you do that, the better you'll, you'll, you'll continually get, and the more it will be part of your gut. It also happens if, if you're immersed in anything. You know, one thing is if your house, the more Torah you have in your house, you know, I always tell people, put pictures of big rabbis in your house, have sperm in your house. Make your house. It's around you. It's around you. Because you'll think about it. Right? If you have pictures of... I don't want to scare you off my music analogy of whatever rock stars you want in your house. And, Stick with the sports analogy. Uh, yeah. and, 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 and you had, let's say, pictures of the Greeks all over your wall. You're not going to be Yehuda the Maccabee, right? If, if, the, if, the music, if, if it's all around, you need to... You don't really want to... What? What if that's not really your decor? Like I, oh, the rab- big rabbis on the wall, all around. Yeah. So then you don't need that. You, you don't. The point. Why? What do the big rabbis do for you? If that's what. If it's not, it just makes it part of your reality. What it's you think about. Tangible. It's a, it's. It, but you don't need. You, you, if that's not your decor, yeah. you don't need that. Yeah. You need. But you, what you need to do is not have things superficial, right? Not just have things on the edge, right? And, you know, if you if you or I or any of us would be living in Jerusalem at the time of King David. So you would have amazing people walking around you, and that would affect who you are. You'd be, you would be conscious. If you would live in the Chavetz Chaim's house, and you'd see such a Jew constantly, you would be very conscious of, of that. Again, you, you'll have, always have free will. But those are just some small, small ways to make things part of your God. Um, but when you're around people, it affects you on a spiritual level. Zek Moshe Bi'arnu, um, one person sinned, and God in, in, says that the Jewish people sinned, and they stole. One person did it. If a Jew could do this, it was a whole society that was at that level. You understand? We're affected by everyone around. If this could happen, it's because society... It was a certain way they could allow that to happen. If, all, if everyone would be amazingly around, this could never have happened. So all of the Israel's blamed for that Jew doing this because society had uh, lowered itself to allow this to happen. And that's what all the Jewish people do it. If everyone is so sweet, I mean, sometimes you see these girls that can be so mean. Like, I've watched these kids, like everyone's mean to each other, and then. And then if, Imagine the same group of so nice and so sweet. And everyone's... Actually, does anyone ever read the Bad Meters Pirates? No. You need to read kids' books. Yeah. You need to read the kids' books. You seen the Bad Meters Pirates? Yeah. With Captain Lavetov? And they all become good Meters Pirates? Good Meters? 
It's an amazing book. <laughs> I've had this at my house for years, but Shlomo Lenoch got me to read this. It's an amazing book. The bad Midos pirates all be, have get end up having good Midos, the same people, because they're bad. The, 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 the pirate, you have to read the book. I, I can't do it justice. Please, maybe oh. we should do that. We, I say it in the bad Midos pirates. Yeah, I read it at your house. Oh, did you really? It's an amazing it's book. Shlomo, yeah. <laughs> it's one of his favorite books. Uh, everyone changes. We're taking the same six girls, and everyone's mean and bickering and jealous, and they're fighting. Now imagine, so then terrible things could possibly happen, things which you wouldn't otherwise have. Same girls are sweet and nice. What could I get you? Prachi, Ruchi, whatever. Give me, what could I get you? What could I get you? That, they won't hurt each other because they're all so sweet and nice. They're so close and so friendly and so sweet and so nice. But if they're, so that one, so what's around you will affect, and all the people are playing. Geneva, stealing, for example, it, um, is, since everyone is, there's a certain spiritual of rights and property, and what's okay, um, if everyone has it, if society has it, it doesn't happen. Um, by the way, as our society goes down, things which no one could have imagined happen, right? Like, like, like values, and, because uh, even if people aren't doing it, they're on a low level, and that's what things, those are the type of things that happen. And that's what Chazal said, by the way, if we accept things, if on a spiritual level we push ourselves high, then tremendous things can happen. And, and, and it says, kol mitzvah, shekiblu aleim besimcha, the Gemara says, anything, the, the, the original acceptance was with joy, still the Jewish people do out of joy. Means if you do something and you do it joyously, it can, li- can be around years later. A long time later. So actually, when the Gemara says it's milah, right? I mean, in, until today, almost, it's, unfortunately, in certain circles, but almost universally, people are far, I've been, listen, I really was sometimes in the middle of the week, like it brings these people in here to do milah, like intermarried, far, 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 not one mitzvah, not Shabbos, not kosher, not Pesach, nothing. But they still do milah because Avram took milah with joy. That's because the spiritual effect rubs off. And you can't imagine not doing Mila. You cannot imagine not doing Mila. By the way, Israelis, if when they're... What? What's Mila? Bris Mila. Bris oh, bris Mila. No. Just take out the bris. The short, shorthand is Mila. Oh, like, uh, okay. Um, no, she knows what bris Mila is. I just take out. Um... That's, by the way, when, you, when the Jewish people take something on, the spiritual effect, it gets de- deep into the psyche of the Jewish people. It's an amazing thing. When, when the Jewish people do a spiritual a- accomplishment, we see this today with DNA, right? We all have DNA of people thousands of years ago. It's not just physical DNA. The spiritual DNA of what happens at the time of the Chashmonaim is still in us. We're, we're recipients of that spiritual DNA. V'nekuda achas, and therefore this, with the, with the, with the Chashmonaim, with the Maccabees rec- recognized, right, is in us to recognize as well. Shechayu b'zman ha'neis, nimsis kam atah b'tok kol echa ve'echa b'yisrael. We have that in, 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 in our DNA. And even if you can't see it, it's only external. Therefore, Chazal always say, when you do a mitzvah, 
when you do when you light the Hanukkah candle in the, the Hanukkah candle lighting, you could connect to Matisel. You know the five sons are. Five sons that you should know. It's been a while. You go to Shiva preschool. I said it's been a while uh, since I was preschool. So Lazar, your son, who everyone knows, Shimon was the last one. So you, you, we, you connect like they connect. It's not, it's not just the story. It's not their story. It's your story. It's our DNA. It's our spiritual. When we connect to Hanukkah, that same. Uh, Influence. They stood up and they affected each other and they did tshuva and they recognized Hashem and they didn't look at the odds. You know, when I think about actually the rebuilding of Torah in America, people like Rabbi Aaron Cutler and Rabbi Meisha and Rabbi Hutner and Rabbi Wunderman, they didn't, it's a miracle to build yeshivas in America. Actually, it's partially a miracle yeshivas around today, right? In the society we live in today, that in, in this, in the, if you think the finances of these places, it doesn't make sense. Intuition, by the way, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. But they that they got that spark. Not they, it didn't start with them. It's that same spark which goes back. And when you connect, when you're when you're we're lighting a, a menorah. It's not I'm lighting a menorah. Something happened. It's we're having that spark that in 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 the internal of that hashpa, which we're going to in, in in a second. Get us, it's ours. And when you do that mitzvah. To remember Hashem is the creator of the world and there's and giving constant miracles and everything that happens, which is what the Hashemunayim realized, that don't worry about the Greeks. Don't be scared. Don't back down. Right? Mendelovich, he, he, he had a spark not from himself. He, he'd utilize it. But he was no different than Yudat Maccabee and Matisyahu. That recognition that don't be scared of the Russian Empire don't be scared of what society dictates and says. Don't be scared that you cannot change. You're stuck where you are. That spark doesn't start... For, you light the menorah, you're connecting to that spark. Right? It's not just so you like... like people like a menorah. They like to sing the song. Right? No, you light the menorah. You are connecting in your spiritual DNA to the same Isiris. And, when you, and you go, going back to getting to your God, when you think about that, when you're lighting the menorah, you can literally be a, 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 a monkey, mindless, or you can look at a menorah, oh, how pretty, you know, or you can light a menorah. I've seen Sadiqan, they light the menorah, they're, they're shockling. They're, or they're looking and they're thinking what the menorah represents. Well, it's the same thing with Pesach. They, they say you don't tell it as a story of what happened in the past. Right, exactly. I mean, you're but li- you know what? Living Pesach's it. easier. It's it's the same concept. Right, same concept. Pesach's easier. You're stuck at the seder for hours. Oh, stuck? Yeah. Been, you're sitting you're in your st- house. I never tell people. No, stuck. I'm not stuck. I'm happy. I'm not but, saying you. I'm not saying you either. But no matter who concept. you are, you, you're forced to think about Pesach. It's a very unless you're going to have the Maxwell House seder, you know, like the 40 minutes later. Yeah. Uh, you know, done that. Right, right, right. I'm saying unless you have that kind of seder, right? Uh, yeah. Say, you know, you serve dinner and. The, right, and the Haggadah was done. Right, right. So, right. <laughs> right. So, but, so, but in, 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 a, in a religious seder, hope the be, the better the seder, the better the experience. Right. But you know what? By Hanukkah candle, it's much easier to, to do it. And you have to realize when you're lighting the menorah and when you're looking at the menorah, what you should be thinking, and that's how you get things into your God. Right. That's how you you live. Chan- what you internalize? You internalize what Hanukkah is, and not do you internalize it. By the way, 
Kabbalistically, this is called Isruusa Dilatata. What we do down here actually has a spiritual effect above and it, it boomerangs back to us. Right? It actually, let's, let's go back to the Bad Meters Pirates. You have a bunch of friends who are a bunch of, you know, six girls, right, meet to each other. Uh, they go to Mira, right, but one becomes nice, and the other becomes nice, and then the other, and it goes back and forth that way. It literally, it, and so on, on a spiritual level, it's much even deeper than that. Um, so the lahaitzi with scala prima nefesh actually allows what's in our spiritual DNA. It's there. It will allow it to come out it, in your DNA. Is that we have it in our spiritual DNA? I mean, it's an amazing thing, DNA. When you look at today, you would never know. I mean, they assume they can take DNA from thousands of years ago. I mean, the, the, well, I can't do DNA, I'll get a whole tangent. But at the end of the day, the spiritual DNA is there. The question is, will you bring it out? The question is, will you allow it to come out of you? Everyone, all of us, without exception, have that in our spiritual DNA. That, that, anyone who has a Kabbalah Torah has that in their spiritual DNA. The acceptance of Torah has that in their spiritual DNA. Will we allow it to come out? That's up to us. Will it come out? Because you can have a Seder, a Maxwell Seder, and never feel Pesach. Right? You may eat matzah, but you will never feel faith. Like, I literally, on a small level, when I walk about Pesach, I don't know where I am. I'm like, I literally, I personally, on a small level, have a tremendous chizik from Pesach, tremendous strengthening from Pesach. Right? It's, not, it's the same matzah and wine. It's what you're doing in the Seder. It's what you're thinking and what you're connecting to. And as a Jew, I mean, I remember, I remember this vividly. When I was in law school, Matt, um, super reform, uber reform, was describing to me his Seder, his 45-minute Seder with a television on, with his grandmother smoking and leading the Seder, as she did every year. And, you know, what it was like. I mean... You don't walk out with anything out of that, right? I mean, but you don't know that you're walking out with nothing. He told me he walked out with nothing. But he knew that. He didn't think that then, I'm sure. In retrospect, he probably didn't. No, he wasn't religious. Even so, but at the time, you think you're... I'm sure you people who do that think they're getting something out of it. No, he told me he got nothing out of it. Well, he's so what, I feel like you... It's just like... It's like, the motions. It's emotions. Yeah, I, 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 I'm sure there's some people do, but I mean, he felt, yeah, he felt like he got nothing out of it. That That's yeah, yeah. He, he felt like he got nothing. He felt it was just like a family tradition, like you had to do. That was how he felt. There's nothing spiritual either. Yeah, and unfortunately, uh, many of our Jewish youth are lost because they think it's things are just dumb, you know, because of that. Whereas the same person could have a real seder and be like, "Wow, I mean, blown away, right? Uh, amazing." By and so when you're lighting the Hanukkah candle. How you, will, you, will you, just to be a history story for us, will you look at it for two minutes or, or it'll be a nice, cute thing to do? You know, like playing dreidel. Like playing dreidel, it's a fun time with the kids. Do I think I walk in a dreidel? Oh my goodness, I was like, amazing. You know, dreidel! By the dreidel. Right, no, it happens to you. I have to do playing dreidel with my kids. It's very valuable. It's first family time. But it didn't, doesn't transform you. So you can have the Hanukkah menorah being the same thing. You, well, unless you win, you Shlomo actually won tonight. I couldn't believe it. Right? Uh, he was the winner. Uh, but having said that, right? So just to continue, so Siba, so in the Pneum, there is a spiritual DNA in all of us that was given over from that group dynamic uh, of the, the Maccabees who amongst themselves came to a certain understanding, 
And that, every time I like Hanukkah, like, that, that's there. It's us to either do it or not. Every time you see a menorah, you can think about that or you can not think about that. You could connect to that or not connect to that. And you should know, by the way, that the reason the Hanukkah happens, you know what, this, this next piece is why Hanukkah happens. Um, we really don't have time to do. But maybe we'll either do it next week or... Uh, do it, but, it, but it would take another 20, 30 minutes to do it. Can you say we connect to spiritual DNA with the Maccabees, right? Is there any concept that we also connect with the Jews that we're doing bad? Like, that doesn't seem to be... Like, does it only stay around if it's really inspirational DNA is there for us to tap into? Or are we tap, you know? So, so the... the <laughs> The, the deep, let's, let's put it this way today. Think about our world today. It's very easy today to, to um, be assimilated to America because that's what America is. Right? The melting the, pot. The melting pot. I always say that you're going with the tide here. If you, you have to push against the tide. You have to go upstream to advance spiritually. And, and really, even in orthodoxy today, you have to push upstream. You know Why? Because everything around us, as I said, no one's telling you, I said this on Shabbos, no, there's no commercials telling you, be more generous, be, work, or clapping when you say a better bracha. Nothing around you is telling you that. So what you, what you get from around you, of course it l- lowers you, but it's not that push to do it. It's not that push. To change who you are takes exertion. You know, Moshe Feinstein it said, you know, a person closed the hand on his door, on the car on his door, didn't get angry. And he said, how do you not get angry? He said, you know how many years it took him? You know, the default, when I see my little kids, little kids screaming, I think of myself also. I, I, I still scream once in a while, believe it or not, to myself. But I don't do it nearly as much as a little kid. And not because I'm older. Because we worked on it, like we all do, right? We, we work on ourselves, right? But when I look at my little kid who's screaming, that's his nature. That's his nature, and some of it's nurture me, little bad me, for me, whatever it may be. But you know what? Most of it's the nature. So when you say bad midos, that or bad culture, that's all around us. That doesn't take effort, right? It doesn't take exertion. So it doesn't make as much of a roshem. What really takes effort is to change ourselves and to improve ourselves and to better ourselves and to, on a, on a spiritual level, connect deeper. Because again, Physical connections cannot compare to spiritual or metaphysical connections. So that, of course, that's why Chazal say was through Pasha for a few generations, but it doesn't stick as much as as the, the good. And but and the difference is, by the way, this is important. Most of the Misyavnim, or many of them, were not their descendants. They were lost a long time ago. We, all of us are the descendants or spiritual descendants of those Maccabees and the Hashmanayim and those who pushed because the ones who didn't push are not uh, Feinsteins or Levines or Cohens or Feinbergs they're you know Abacassis somewhere or, I don't know you know or uh, probably Islam Muslims Muhammad somewhere you know they're not us anymore so we're not their spiritual descendants or not their physical descendants Okay. There's a lot more here. The truth is, one of the things I'll just tell you outside of what we discussed about is that, you know, the reason Shemad happens is God speaking to us, right? When we, when we relax, 
when we relax in our Judaism, and if God cares about you, like when you're a teacher, you have a student that you care about, you're going to push them. And God pushes us. If you don't, if you don't get the lesson by itself, there will be a certain disorder to throw you off in order to make you think about it. Whether it, if the, for the Jewish people, a hundred, it will always happen. Us as individuals, if God cares about a person, he'll, he'll give them... Really, because he cares about us. He wants us to improve. What we need to do in our own lives, certainly as the Jewish people, if, if communism happens or a holocaust or the Greeks, it's for a reason. But for our own selves, we have to know that life is not about cruise control. Hanukkah is a way to improve ourselves the good way. Every time we see a menorah, every, the more we think about Hanukkah, the more we can increase or in our life, the more we can bring it to our God. The whole chair is a lot more to do, though. Okay. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah.